0: James, Heath, Chloe, Heth are in the house. Um, now I'm kind of whispering, Ben. You're probably gonna have to turn me down more because I'm gonna get excited tonight. So thanks, Ben. Um, James, Chloe, so good to see you guys. Um, James, we always want to honour men who deserve honour, don't we? Um, James was the first pastor of this of this of this church. The, um, the man that the Lord called to start, and it's just a joy to see you, man. Um, without James, I wouldn't have a business, and I wouldn't have a house either, uh, let alone a church. So um, this man has blessed me uh, beyond words. Um, and if you're ever wondering why pastors at Kingdom Life preach in T-shirts, shorts, and flip-flops, <laughs> <laughs> that is also what James is doing. So... so, uh, so <laughs> So good to see you guys. Um, So, wow. Okay, so last week um, I talked on a fence. uh, And many of you were here, some of you weren't. um, And it was was one of those messages that, gosh, that was a tough one to prepare. Um, And as I said in in the message throughout the week, um, I had lots of opportunities to take offense at people had lots of opportunities to cause offense (laughs) as well Uh, and and it seemed that the more the lord was was wanting me to speak on that the more um it became real to me and um, i only got through a section of of what i wanted to say last week Um, not surprisingly that was a big issue and big topic but um, when i was asking the lord about tonight he said again to slow down and um and just speak a little bit more about unity in the spirit um, and, and just to focus a little bit more on, on forgiveness. Um, now it's, it's easy um, or tempting or natural when speaking on something like forgiveness that this, this, this can be quite a heavy topic, can't it? And those of us who may, might need it the most are the ones that are hurting the most. whose hearts might be the hardest and and the most broken and that's the hardest to receive it. Um, It's also a bit like talking on humility. You know, you speak on something that you you want to kind of be good at, you know. Um, But I know there's people I need to forgive and and I know there's people that need to forgive me. Um, Tonight's not about perfection. Um, Tonight is about our hearts attitude um towards this issue. And I've I've got four things to say. It's not a lot. Okay? Um it's one of those sermons where I can say things and scripture will speak and then it's up to the Holy Spirit to actually affect us. Um and 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 that is my prayer. And I believe that's the promise. The promise tonight as well. Um that, that God is inviting us as individuals, but also as a community into forgiveness. Um, and new friends from Ohio, you guys are visit, visiting us tonight. Um, and you know, I, I, just, I just don't believe it's an accident that you are here tonight when I'm speaking on this issue. Um, and I don't know what it's going to mean f- for you as individuals, but I do believe that the Lord wants to put something on your heart to take back with you. Um, So let's let's see what he does. (laughs) So um, I just want to reiterate this, and it's something I've been saying every sermon for the last few weeks, um, that even as I'm talking to us as individuals here, the first thing I want to say tonight is that this is also about us as a community. Um, In the same way last week that I said, I want us to be a community where offense isn't allowed to take root That we don't tolerate offense in our lives that i also want us and i see the lord calling us to be a community where we do not allow forgiveness sorry unforgiveness (laughs) (laughs) where we don't allow unforgiveness Mm -hmm. yeah thank you yeah you you caught that well that it's early in the sermon um I, in the same, you know, same way I've talked about at worship and some of the other things that, that, that we've talked about recently, um, I, I, just, I just felt the Lord saying, you know, what, is it, what would it be like if someone new walks into this building? And it might be a student, it, it might be a drug addict off the street, you know, it could be anyone. And they have experienced deep brokenness in their lives and they are hurting from the pain that they carry, and they walk into this building, and this place is an oasis of freedom. That we are so intolerant of unforgiveness in our own lives, that the the spiritual atmosphere, that the culture, the context, whatever label you want to put on it in this this space, in this family, there's one where the person will walk in and they'll just feel there's freedom here, and they'll be drawn to the Lord and they'll be drawn to freedom because they will feel it. And we talk about miracles and we talk about signs and wonders. Um, And I I like what um, I heard Peter Peter Louis say a couple of weeks ago, where he said, you know, when when we pray for miracles, we can expect to see the Lord heal people. But when we, you know, and do other things, miracles cover a lot of ground. But when we talk about healing, we can expect, expect the Lord to meet people in a whole manner of ways. And it's physical and it's emotional. And if, the, if we pray that the Lord meets people, we can expect him to meet them and to heal them. And that might just be when they walk in the door. It might be during a worship song. It might be during the sermon. It might be during prayer. But if we will take this seriously, I believe God wants to create this in this place. That forgiveness will become easier just in, within these walls, within this community. Because we will experience the grace of God. So that's the first thing. The second thing, this is really obvious. Okay, Um, We forgive because Jesus and Scripture, He tells us to. We know this, don't we? Tyler? You've heard it somewhere said once in Scripture. Yeah, as a member of staff here, Tyler's really up-to-date. Um... (laughs) So let me read a few scriptures. i just, you know, again, this is stating the obvious, and I'm, I'm not going to dwell on this because this is super obvious. Ephesians 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. We forgive because we are forgiven. Colossians 3.13, Paul writes, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Now, of course, if we listen to Jesus and all scripture every time they wrote something, we'd be amazing, wouldn't we? Um we can hear the words we can believe the words we can know that we're supposed to but we don't always do we um, i read the scripture last week and i know this is about love but love obviously is the opposite of forgiveness it's it's the foundation of forgiveness john 13 a new commandment i give to you that you love one another as i've loved you that you also love one another by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, let me just say this now in case I don't say it later. Um, it, it, I, I sense the Lord wanting us to see, and it's the word that Amanda had as well, that forgiveness can be heavy, okay, as I've said. But I really sense the Lord, He wants us to start seeing this as a delight and as a joy. As, as counter-human or, or, or unnatural as that might be. Because forgiveness, I know it is hard. And, and remember, whenever I talk about forgiveness, and re- whenever Jesus talks about forgiveness, he is not ever excusing someone who hurt you. He's not ever excusing the behavior. And he's not asking you to say that what they did was okay. But he, what he is asking us is to give people who have hurt us to him give him control to give him the right for justice and as we've been forgiven to forgive but you know the strange thing with Jesus and the strange thing with our faith is, is it, as if that's not hard enough um, in the Beatitudes again this is more about love than forgiveness but it is even deeper and it's a deeper call for us as Christians when Jesus says you have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. That's a really tough scripture. I, you know, I really struggle. I struggle liking Matt some days, don't I? You know, um, loving our enemies. That's so hard. And this, um, this is such an unnatural request that Jesus makes of us. Like I, ho- I hope we realize that we cannot do this in our own strength. Then, when Jesus goes to this extent, when he's saying love your enemies, love those who persecute you, love those who cause you pain, he's asking us to do something that he knows we can only do by his Spirit. Only by the power of His Spirit in us. It is a completely unnatural request, and it is only by His supernatural presence in us that it's even possible. But He gives us this wonderful little promise at the end that we will be sons, that you may be sons or daughters of your Father in heaven. That as we step into these things, we step into our sonship, we step into being daughters of God. But these things are obvious. Okay, as I've said, scripture says and we should do them, but we don't part of the time. So we have to go a bit deeper. And this is where we should start to get a little taste of joy and a little taste of delight. Okay, because when the Lord, when he asks us to forgive, yeah, it is hard. Yeah, we want people to be punished for hurting us. But he is asking us He's asking us to forgive because it's about our freedom. This, what's that expression that when you don't forgive someone, you allow poison to enter your heart? You're, you're or you're not drinking not the drinking poison. Drinking, yeah, you're, you're drinking your own poison. Thinking it's gonna, hurt yeah, poison, thinking it's gonna hurt them. Yeah, look, I butchered that one, okay. But it, it's it's not a bad saying. I mean I think it's pretty accurate, isn't it? Um, but it only takes us part of the way. I should have prepared that one better. <laughs> it only takes us part of the way. Um, so <laughs> so <laughs> if we think, think about the power of forgiveness, let's start with the positive, okay? What does forgiveness do in terms of our relationship with Jesus? It brings freedom. Brings freedom lightens our burdens, we take his yoke, his burden, gives us access to the Father, it makes us righteous. We see, like, when we talk about forgiveness and we talk about what Jesus did for us, it's a completely spiritual thing. Like, there are, there may be natural things to it, but its principal value is in spiritual power. The forgiveness that Jesus brings us gives us spiritual sonship and daughtership, if that's the right word, gives us access to the Father in heaven. It has spiritual power. And by the same token, unforgiveness also has spiritual power. See, the thing about poison is, is partly accurate. It, for, unforgiveness hurts us. Often doesn't hurt the person that we don't forgive. They think anyway. But what unforgiveness does as well is it, 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 it binds us to the people that we don't forgive in the same way that jesus forgiveness of us binds us to him when we do not forgive other people we create these these spiritual bonds that weigh us down and we can go through life getting hurt by people and getting rejected by people and suffering at the hands of people and we start to accumulate more and more and more and more of these bonds so that there's like a spider web around us and each of those is a, is a piece of baggage that we carry and if that wasn't bad enough, each one of those bonds is not righteous and it's not holy and it's something that the enemy is so capable and willing to energize. So on a practical level, how many of you, when you take an example, um, you know, something that I think many of us have struggled with, when you face rejection from someone and someone that's been really meaningful to you rejects you, and you struggle to forgive them. And the next time you go to, into a, a possible friendship, the person might do something a little bit silly or stupid, not meaning to hurt you, but you react. And you feel this energy on it, and you step away from that friendship because of the fear of rejection. Because that unforgiveness that's tying you to that person who hurt you is still affecting you. You still carry the baggage. And Jesus wants to set us free. He wants to set us free. It is, um, and Matt, Matt and others on prayer team will, 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 will confirm this. Um, it is so amazing to me when we pray for people and people might come up for all sorts of things and sometimes the Lord will, do, and it might be physical healing, it might be emotional stuff and the Lord will prophetically give us a word about some, some area of their life. And often it's about unforgiveness, and we know that breakthrough is about to happen when you say, "Like I think the Lord's saying, you need to forgive your father," and the person just breaks down in tears, or well, they try and start praying forgiveness, and their and their whole body just just clenches up and they can't get the words out because they've carried this burden, and there's a spiritual power in it. But I tell you as well, when, when, <laughs> when someone actually starts saying those words, I forgive, you can feel weight start to lift with people. And, and for those of them who have who have that gift of discernment, you actually start to sense the enemy's fear. You, sen- you, you, you sense his fingers, his grip starting to loosen. And you know that breakthrough is coming. It's, it's so clear the power of that word, I, those words, I forgive. They break spiritual bonds. One of the, um, I was trying to think of a, of a, of a story to share. Um, one, of the, one of the stories that had the biggest impact on me um, in terms of forgiveness, and actually, and really speaks to the power of the prophetic as well. So I kind of just throw this one in. Um, and some of you, I may have told this story before, but Kath and I were praying for a friend in England who struggling with all sorts of things, um, and a lot of relational breakdown and confidence issues. Um, and she came to us for prayer. And um, Kath had this picture of her standing by a grave. And, and it was her mother's grave. Um, and so, you know, Kath asked, you know, about her relationship with her mom. And was it sort of grieving over their relationship? And, um, and, this, and this woman said, no, mother was amazing. She loved her. Um, and so we thought, all right, well, we prayed again. And Kath had the same picture. So we thought, okay, we're going to press into this because we actually think God's doing something here. And then... we we prayed again and (laughs) i don't know why the lord doesn't just give us full sentences and clarity sometimes you know he he teases us doesn't he um and kath had this picture of of an ocean liner that's all she had and and we and and said to this lady have you ever been on an ocean liner on a cruise and and she said yes um and so remembering what god had said previously about the mother we said you know did anything happen with your mother and she said, no, my mother's amazing. I had a wonderful relationship with her. So, okay. <laughs> so we prayed again. And Kath had a picture of an ocean liner. And my wife is quite capable of hearing the Lord speak full sentences, but she was just getting pictures. And, and so you know, we said, oh, well, we, we just don't know what to say. This is all the Lord is saying. Will you, will you just, let's just, let's just pray some more. And then she said, and we said, like, again, did anything happen on that ocean liner with your mom? And it, it was such a weird moment because it, 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 was, it was like you were watching her and suddenly this mist cleared from in front of her face and her eyes lit up. Um, and, and she shared with us, she said, you know, I've never told anyone. And she was in her 60s. And she was, I think, six or seven when this happened. So she'd carried this secret for about 50 years. That when she was on this ocean liner, she was asleep in the bunk bed, and her and her mother were traveling to meet her father overseas. And her mother had brought another man into the room and had slept with him um, on the top bunk above where she was sleeping. And mother never knew that she knew. She just took it all inside, and she lived with it. And because she never shared it with her mother, she was never, she was never, um, the mother never repented. She never confronted the mom, you know, she wasn't even able to give forgiveness. And the effect in her life had been that she had never been able to trust. Her marriage was a disaster. Her relationship with her kids struggled. Her second marriage was struggling. This bond, which she had even blanked out, still impacting on her. And of course, we prayed, and she gave her mom forgiveness. And the power of that was broken. And to see the freedom on this woman, (laughs) after 50 whatever years of carrying this weight, was incredible and to see the love of God embrace her was incredible it's um, it's always hard to tell people to forgive in fact we never tell people to forgive do we we just suggest <laughs> that we believe this is what the Lord is saying and we say it because the Lord wants to bring freedom and that sense of release and that's the word I just kept hearing for us tonight and for anyone that's struggling with forgiveness, is release. It's time to let go. It's time to let go of burdens that we've been carrying. It's time to let go of anger. It's time to give people to Jesus. But the last thing I wanna share um, and to take us even deeper, and it's something that God's been sharing with me recently and working me over with a bit <laughs> we forgive because jesus asks us to we forgive because he wants us to be free but we also forgive because i don't want to sound like a cliche we get more of him okay we get more of jesus Okay, and there's a couple of reasons. And this, when we think about joy and delight of forgiveness, this is where it really comes, okay? Where we delight in this truth. The first reality is, if, I am, if I'm holding a grudge against Tyler and I'm, not, and I'm not forgiving him, that's gonna affect us on all sorts of levels, particularly as we try and lead a church, for one thing. Okay, but there's that part of my heart that is holding anger against Tyler. That part of my heart is not Jesus. It does not belong to him. It's a part of my heart that I am controlling, And it's not surrendered. And that is always going to limit the level that the Spirit is in me. That the Spirit of Christ is in me. And you start multiplying that by the 15, 20, 30 people who you may not have forgiven. And you you can see how your heart starts to harden and you start to bless and less of Jesus. The less and less that we should have. The less and less that He wants us to have. Jesus forgives us. He calls us to forgive us. And if we if we participate in unforgiveness, we're not part of his kingdom, obviously. We're not participating in his kingdom. We're not being obedient. But, but again, um, well, I think if you've received prayer, how many of you have received prayer and given forgiveness and felt the Lord lift a weight and felt? It's a good feeling, isn't it? just breathe and the energy of the enemy dissipates and you feel freedom but there's something even better I mentioned last week um, that I was praying and talking to the Lord about what to speak on and and I and I and I felt the Lord speak to me about some anger and even hatred that I had felt towards some of my colleagues at work And the thing with that was, yeah, he wants me to forgive. Absolutely. He wants me to be in good relationship with my colleagues. Absolutely. He doesn't want me to hate. Absolutely. But the most important thing in all of that, and the most important thing that I see with forgiveness, was that, was that I, I, I'm, I'm kneeling at the, at the feet of Jesus, at this wonderful king. How glorious God! And in, and in this moment of looking to him, the Spirit speaks and there 's this check, and he says, "I want you to deal with this." And the, the beauty of him is able to draw me through the resistance to forgive, because I'm so captivated by him, by who He is. But at the same token. There are times when you when I when I will see him and he will say, I want you to be rid of this, and my first instinct is to turn away. It's just too hard. It's just too hard. But he's patient and he gives time until we're ready. But I I believe. I believe that the Lord is wanting to give more and more of us powerful encounters of who He is. Yeah. It's something that He's been increasing in the few people in the congregation. And when He starts to do that in one or two people, I know that He is, He's inviting us. He's inviting us into more. In Revelations... John writes this. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun, shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. If you, if you search um, for images of that scripture, you get these amazing medieval drawings and more recent um, you know, paintings. And they're, they're all of you know, Jesus on the throne, Jesus in, in the lampstands, and, and, and the glory which is fitting for the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is forevermore, the one who died and rose again. But the, 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 the phrase that the Holy Spirit wanted me to point out Was one that I didn't see in any drawing. Maybe I would have if I'd looked longer, but was this? But he laid his right hand on me, saying unto me. This is the apostle John. This is the one that the apostle he says the one Jesus loved the most. This is a man who is in terror at the sight of the glory of Jesus. And Jesus could have stood on his throne and pronounced judgment and pronounced whatever he wanted to because he's Jesus. But John is kneeling. And Jesus goes to John and places his hand on his shoulder. And it's such an act of friendship. And you can just imagine John looking up into those eyes of fire and feeling the love of Jesus and the glory of Jesus. And we we may we may often have heard sermons on forgiveness and how we're supposed to forgive because we're good Christians, and we might feel guilty because we can't. We might have tried to forgive people, but we've lacked we've lacked the means, we've lacked the wisdom. Sometimes we've lacked the friends. So often, and I know this is tough. So often, if you really want to walk in forgiveness, if you really want to forgive someone the Lord calls you to pray with others because you've carried this burden so long. Pray with others. Sometimes, like our friend in England, you need a prophetic word to break through the fog. But I so strongly believe that God is calling us to be a community that forgives and that walks in forgiveness, that delights in it. And we delight in it because it gives us freedom. We delight in it because of the release that it brings us. But we delight in it most of all because it strips away increasingly the things in our heart that resist Jesus. And resist the revelation of Him. And resist deeper knowledge of Him. And more intimacy with Him. I know the scripture is not so much about forgiving but being forgiven, but this is the last scripture I felt the Lord wanted me to read tonight from Luke 7. And then Jesus turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss. But this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. I cannot imagine this woman who had been forgiven much, who loved Jesus so much, struggling to forgive others. Even in this very act, she was being judged and condemned by the religious leaders who should have known better but she still lavished love on Jesus. And I think some of us who may have struggled with forgiveness, freedom will come through prayer with each other. But freedom might also come being on your knees in front of him and just loving him and asking for his love to penetrate the pain and penetrate the hurt and ask Him for an increased glimpse of His face and His glory and His love. The more that we experience God's love, the more irrelevant and weak the pain of unforgiveness starts to feel. And as we give up, and as you surrender those that have hurt us to him, we will receive more of him. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus we thank you for the forgiveness of our sins that you the son of God the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end the glorious one through whom all things were created you died, that we would be forgiven. We thank you, Jesus. And Lord, you call us to be a people that forgives. Because you've forgiven us, Lord, because you know Bondage that it causes us if we don't, Lord, Lord, will you draw us into you more? Would you make us a forgiving people? Would you saturate this place with your grace and your mercy? And your tenderness, and not for those, for those that have been so deeply hurt that their teeth clench as they try and say the words, "I forgive." Or would you meet them? Would you meet your son? Would you meet your daughter? Would you melt, Lord? Would you strip away every stronghold that the enemy has been able to make on the pain that was caused? Lord, we ask you for spiritual transactions tonight. Spiritual change that would lead to worldly change, to natural changes. Meet your children, Jesus. And Lord, would you? Would you increase our vision of you? Lord? I just, I see you revealing your glory, your splendor, the wonder of who you are, the immensity of your love, the immensity of your presence. Lord, I ask for revelations you and your children. Even this week, Jesus, would you reveal your glory? Would you reveal your love? And Lord, we declare that you are a glorious King. You are God and we love you. We ask these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen.